and all attention. All right. Uh, that was Black Bear, Hot Summer Girl on Island 106.9, W-I-I-S Key West. And I want to thank you all for joining me this morning. Um, super excited that I have an interview with comedian Paula Poundstone. She has been killing it for like 40 years doing comedy, travels so much. She will be at the Key West Theater this Saturday night, 8 p.m. You can get tickets at the Key West Theater. Com. There are still a few available, so I'm going to go ahead and play this interview. We talked, um, I think, y- yesterday or when, I don't remember, but she was great, Took uh, gave me a lot of time. Uh, it's a little longer than I expected, but I'm super excited, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. This is our interview with Paula Poundstone. I'm going to hit play. Paula Poundstone, how are you doing? I'm I'm good enough. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I feel like you're almost too famous to be on our show. Oh, that's very sweet of you. I I, I you know in my house I'm a household name. I insist on it. <laughs> um, but outside of my house, not so much. Uh, so, so uh, I'm 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 happy uh to have the chance to talk with you and to tell people that uh, that I'm gonna be at where am I gonna be? Is it the Key West Theater. You got it, the Key West Theater. And of course, Key West. And you'll be in, you'll be in Key West too. It works out. It works out. Yeah. You've Perfect. played here. Yeah, you're you've played here before. I saw you here a couple of years ago and um you make the trip all the way down to Key West. Are you you just a fan or it seems like a hard trip? Oh, it's all it just you know, travel is travel is hard no matter what and uh, I don't feel like it's any additional burden to go there plus it's beautiful there that doesn't hurt um and yeah i've been there a number of times and it's a terrific little theater and i'm always happy to be there uh you know the story about the iguanas always amuses me i have yet to have one you know fall on me but i've heard (laughs) that they do come back in the winter come back in the winter um you know i i've grown up knowing who you are watching you on um when Comedy Central, when they they, they did stand up all the time and sh- different shows and appearances, um, you've been in the game a while. Uh, what keeps you in the? Couldn't you could retire if you wanted to, right? Oh heavens, no. Okay. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, and having said that, and that would be the case probably no matter what job I had ever been in. I I just uh, not not much in the way of a planner. Uh, and maybe that's caught up to me. But the truth is, I wouldn't want to retire anyways. I have a job where um, I think of stuff that I think is funny, and I go say it to people. I, I don't know. As far as jobs go, uh, uh, that's a pretty good job. It's, 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 you have an amazing career going on. now, And I'm treated very well along the way. That's the other thing. You know, I just saw today on Twitter that um, the people who make Oreos are, are have gone on strike. Uh, they weren't being treated well. And I just, I, I'm, I'm in a job where I'm treated very well. And by the way, as should be the people who make Oreos, I love Oreos. Who, those are magical people, the people who make Oreos. They are. Who wouldn't treat them well? We're, we're in tough times, Paula. Tough times. Yeah, strange, I guess. 
And and yeah. we are in such strange times. How how did you deal with 2020? And of course, now we're still here. Um, how, how have you been dealing? Well, uh, at first, w- when the stay-at-home order first occurred, I mistakenly believed that it would be just for a few weeks. And my immediate instinct, was, I just started making comedy videos that I put up on my website. My my sole goal was to lower people's anxiety, you know, to, to, to give people a little, a little relief from this, you know, really uncertain, anxious, ridden time. And, uh, and then it turned out that, that I was really wrong and that it was going to go on for a really long time. Um, and, uh, you know, so I had to put together little ways to, to make a living, um, which I, I, I can't say... I, I was able to stem the tide of loss, uh, of financial loss. So that was good. Um, and uh, I have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. So that's, um, you know, like so many people, I'm sure yourself as well, like all of a sudden you had to figure out how to do everything from your house and you had to do all the technology stuff, whereas we used to be in a studio and there were engineers. And I really, my sole job, frankly, was to bring the junk food and talk into the microphone. Um, but uh, I, had to, uh, I had to learn a couple of new skills, which I, I did very reluctantly. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, and I spent every night that I was home, which was, I don't know, for a year and a half, let's say collectively, I might not have been here for, say, three weeks collectively in that year and a half. And, uh, but every, uh, every night I trained my dogs, oh. uh, you know, tired or not tired, hot or cold every night I trained my dog and my dog, Mo, who is part, she was much younger at the time. She's part golden retriever and part Newfoundland. And then I have an older dog who's part, uh, German shepherd and part who knows, um, and my dog Mo still doesn't get that the things I'm telling her at night when we train are to be applied during the day. Ah. Has no idea. Just blows yeah. her away when I tell her sit in the daytime. She looks at me like, no, we do that at night. No. These are big dogs, right? Those are big, big dogs. dogs. Yeah, here, wait, I'll show you. Look. You don't have any of the tiny dogs. That's Mo right there. Oh. Yeah, she's the thing of beauty, isn't she? And then that's Sirius right there, my elderly uh, dog, who is serious already. You know, he could use a refresher, but basically he was already trained. He, you know, the older dog kind of teaches the younger dog, which is why one would train them together. But uh, yeah, anyways, Mo is sort of stuck in an odd teenage uh, phase. Very defiant. Very defiant. Now, now Paula, there... These are such difficult times. So many. Okay, so wait. Many so long as I'm showing you stuff, that's okay. my kitten. That's my kitten, Nash, right there. Oh, Nash. Yeah, Nash. it's Nash. Uh, I got her uh, not too many weeks ago, and then, and I have uh, ten cats now. So okay. that was one of the things I did during the pandemic, or we're still in the pandemic. I hate it when people say that. That was one of the things I did during the stay-at-home order. Is uh, relentless litter box sifting relentless oh yeah yeah 
But I, I wanted to ask, because I think you were here before 2016, and I remember asking you, um, interviewing you for a different publication, that people seem so angry across the country. And now, it, I, somehow people are even more angry over masks, are, over vaccines. How, <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you deal with, can you make, how can you make jokes about things that just make people crazy angry? How do you deal with that? Well, I have to say, not by design, but just, I don't know, through the circle of life, um, most of my audiences really, uh, they are very familiar with my point of view. Mm -hmm. And if they are someone who don't share my point of view, but uh, still are amused by me, then they wouldn't be shocked. There's no, not a lot of pearl clutching. Uh, interestingly, there was in 2016, um, in fact, I, I had the feeling at the time that it was very deliberate. Uh, there was the occasional show I did. It didn't happen a lot, but it, it happened in a memorable way, uh, particularly one in North Carolina, where a whole group of people got up and walked out. Oh, wow. And I hadn't changed my tune in any way in forever. And so the, like, the fact that they were there to begin with, I mean, it felt to me like this very sort of deliberate orchestrated thing. The other thing is, if I went to a show that I didn't like for any reason, um, you know, like maybe twice I've been to a movie that I went, you know what, I can't even believe I'm here. Uh, and I, you know, I quietly get up, right, and, and slide out. I don't need to announce to everyone that I'm leaving. No one needs to, you know, so, so that was part of what made me feel that it was very deliberate. And it happened a couple of times. And I heard stories of other comics having similar experiences. And now uh, that is, I don't have anything like that. Um, yeah, so I, whatever that was, that sort of weird, uh, you know, army of dissenter things seems to have gone by the wayside. And, uh, and I think that um, in terms of policy about how things are handled at the theater, that's really up to the theater. I don't, I don't make the rules. I mean, I can say what I want. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't make them do it. When they, and I would have the option, I suppose, if I felt like, oh, that's going to be unsafe then I could just not go. Um, but so far, everything's been pretty um, pretty good. I've only done, I started back in June. Okay. Uh, so it's been, I'll tell you the roughest thing has been the travel. And the reason the travel has been rush has nothing to do, rough, has nothing to do with anger. I believe the culprit is um, climate change. Okay. I have had a, uh, for the first time in, I've been doing this job for 42 years. And the first time in 42 years, I've had to stay the night in the city that I'm connecting through, like over and over again. That never happened before. Um, part of it may be because there's less choices of flights because, um, uh, because of what happened to the business during, you know, during the last year and a half. But largely, it, uh, the, it's weather. The, the weather has been where you couldn't get in or you couldn't get out and flight after flight. So that leads me to believe that um, it's a change that's happening uh, as a result of climate change 
And who knows what we're going to do about that. Now I'm having to fly into jobs a day early, which I never had to do before. Wow. Um, uh, you know, all it means is that I actually get up in the morning in the city that I went to, which is kind of interesting, really. There were times before where I never saw the place I was working. Oh, I, really? Yeah, especially in the wintertime. Uh, I'm flying west to east. So a lot of times it was dark by the time I got there and it was dark before I left. Wow. Yeah. So, and people will say to me, they'll be like, well, did you enjoy Tulsa? And I, 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 I didn't get hurt, uh, but don't ask me to describe it. Now, I wanted to ask you about, uh, like you said, 42 years in, in the business, you know, you, you and I both remember a time without social media and without people having to record everything on their phone. Do you um, remember happiness? I, <laughs> I mean, what, what is it like to be a stand-up, to be a performer at a time where, do you, do you see people, do, do your fans videotape everything when you're on stage or? Um, people have put up stuff before. I don't notice a lot of that happening. Um, sometimes they do, I guess, but not, not, not a lot. Um, you know, what you do have, <laughs> not social media, but when you do it, especially now there's, now the shows are being streamed mm. and we'll never get that. Once that genie is out of the bottle, we'll never get it back in. Um, even if we were able to wrestle the virus to the ground, um, you know, now the theaters realize it's another income stream, they're going to do it. Uh, but, uh, the, but even before that, there was the thing where they'd put, they'd, they'd have a camera. So I'm standing on stage. This is it for a large venue. I'll be standing on stage. And then there's a big screen of me right beside me. It's the weirdest feeling. Uh, you know, and I know that oh. if I were in the audience, I'd be watching the big screen. I never thought of that. You're going to look at the, uh, the big screen and maybe not. Wow. That's uh... yeah. It's a, it's a strange relationship. Um, but again, not, I, I, I mean, certainly that's what I would do if I was an audience member, you know, so that you can see every wrinkle in my face and every, every movement of my eyebrows. <laughs> They're big, but, but with so the, it's a, it's a big screen. You're, you're a giant of, uh, yeah. But when, I mean, do you do you worry? Are you more um, careful about what you say because of social media? I mean, the, the no. So okay. No, um, when I am on stage, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I come off and I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't done this or I wish I hadn't done that. I I, I get off on a on a direction that I didn't mean to because I don't um, I don't have a set per se. Um, I do kind of what comes into my head based on, I don't know, a reaction from the crowd to the last thing that I said or a conversation with somebody in the audience. It's really not, uh, it's not a, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not a solid thing. It's, uh, it's more of a gas than a solid, I think, my act. Um, and so, I mean, even I was in Bayfield, Wisconsin the other night possess me to start talking about um cross-country skiing I, I you know i it's not i don't know i was just telling them this story and I, even in my own head i'm like why am i telling them this story um but once i was down that path i was just playing down that path uh but i my point being i don't have a lot of self-discipline on stage and therefore 
um, you know, the idea that I wouldn't say something because it was, um, yeah, I just, I'm socially, I, I'm very awkward. I say the wrong stuff all the time. Um, but I, I generally say what's in my heart. Although, come to think of it, there have been times I didn't even do that. I remember one time I made a joke on stage about Anderson Cooper. And it was so off base. I was so wrong. I said the stupidest thing. And, and I, I, I tweeted this to Anderson Cooper one time. And I said to him in the tweet, I said, because I, I, I apologized. And I, I said, one thing I want you to know is the crowd did not go with me. I said, just so you know, <laughs> they had your back entirely. Um, so every now and then I do blurt out something that's not even how I think or feel. It just sort of fell out of my mouth and I have to go back and go, what was, what? Uh, but largely, I think I say, I'm steered by what's in my heart. Every now and then as a comic, you say something because of the rhythm that you're saying it in. Mm. And you, you know, you, you've made a joke and then you're sort of scrambling in your brain to think of the next extension of that joke and the next extension of that joke. And you're doing it in a particular rhythm. And so you do here and there, uh, hopefully not a lot, but blurt out something stupid sometimes. And it, it, it's like, I think, it's like, you, it's like you said something in an improvised song just because it rhymed and you didn't really think about the word that you were using, you know what I mean? And then you go, well, that's, no, I actually don't think that. Um, but as I said, it happens rarely, but it does happen. And my last question was just, um, were there always this many comedians in the world, Paula? It seems very saturated. Everyone's a stand-up comedian. Have you been on Twitter? <laughs> Everybody. Is, is, is it always? Well, possible? I'll tell you, people on Twitter are very funny. I mean, my followers yeah. are very funny. Um, no, I would say that we have reached perhaps a saturation point. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean... I've also been at it for 42 years. Uh, so uh, there was, I, I don't know. I mean, people are always saying to me names that I never heard of, but I don't watch stuff. Because for me, that's kind of a busman's holiday. I just, I would watch, I don't know, I'll watch like a funny movie, you know, I don't know, once a year. Um, but I mostly watch old stuff. Um, because uh, because I can count on it, and I'm not willing to take the risk of listening to something new. It's like <laughs> I it's, I'm the same way with reading. I have a tendency, unless I'm reading nonfiction, which is mostly what I read. I have a tendency to read just classics because I'm like, you know, I don't. I, otherwise, I'll just pick the wrong thing and regret it. And I do have OCD. If I start a book, I have to finish reading it. And I've you know finished reading some real trek before. Um, so yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot of us. It doesn't surprise me. First of all, if you, oh, thank goodness, a lot of people have a sense of humor because it is a survival uh, uh, trait. You know, it's how we get through things. And so I'm glad a lot of people have a sense of humor. Uh, it also makes them respond to what I say, and so I'm doubly glad they have a sense of humor. And, and why wouldn't people gravitate to doing this job? It's the best job in the entire world. 
Um, would I like to be the only comic? Yes. 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 Because that I doesn't actually, seem fair. It wouldn't be. I actually do a little bit of stand up. Not not comparing myself to you, but I'm coming oh, at you. You're Just welcome. <laughs> coming after you. Where do you do stand up? Oh, we have a club, Comedy Key West, downtown in Key West. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, big audiences, audiences come out for the. We do well, and they've been very successful over the past like five years. They got, uh, but it's a new club oh, downtown. That's great. They do great work. They do great stuff. But, uh, oh, anyway. nice. That that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, the and the other thing is, it's, you know, I'm. I don't think I. I don't think I'm the author of this notion. Uh, laughter's good for you. It has to be. It has to be. But thank you. Um, thank you so much, Paula Poundstone, for joining us. She'll be at the, you'll be at the QS Theater Saturday night. Saturday night. Thanks for um, yeah. bringing, us, bringing us laughter in very difficult times. We, we need you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. It was nice talking with you. Take care. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was my interview with Paula Poundstone. We did it on Zoom. So when she was showing me pictures of the cats and the dogs, so, I don't know if you caught that, but uh, she was great. Paula Poundstone will be at the Key West Theater tomorrow night, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., thekeywesttheater.com for tickets. And go to look at your weather forecast today. I think it's going to be beautiful. I, I think I'm right. Sunshine and clouds mixed today, a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. I will be 88. Winds will be out of the east at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mainly clear skies. Low will be 82. Winds out of the east at 5 to 10. Thanks again for joining me. That was a double header. We don't do that very often, but two guests on, on one show. It's amazing. And uh, if you missed something or came in later, you want to binge the shows, go right ahead. Uh, the show is called It's Too Early with Gwen Filosa. That's me. And that's the name of the show. You can look for that on Spotify, Audible, and Podbean. Podbean. So uh, also on my Facebook page, my reporter page, I have the links all there. And my reporter page is called Gwen Filosa, comma, a journalist in Key West. Have a great and productive day, everyone. Thank you again for the support. Have a great weekend. I'm going to be talking at you Monday at 8.15. And uh, here we go. Here's some Radiohead high and dry. Have a great day. <laughs>